0: Hello, I'm Sally Toxvig, and this is We Will Get Past This, where I welcome you into my calm room of books, so I can share tales from history of various deeds. Some brave, some baffling, others downright idiotic, in a bid to comfort the soul in this challenging time we find ourselves in. Some of these were recorded with specific dates in mind, but as we've all come to realise, none of that kind of thing really matters. My diary's wide open. There are no rules about when something can be enjoyed so take a moment to relax and remember this. We will get past this. Hello there. Come on in. It's April the 23rd as I speak. It's the day we celebrate Shakespeare who was lost to us today in 1616. Uh, We can't celebrate his birthday because it's the one thing he forgot to write down but there is a pretty strong suggestion that in fact he died celebrating his 52nd anniversary on the planet after a heavy night of drinking with his writing pals Ben Jonson and Michael Drayton. So, Shakespeare, what does it make me think of immediately? Japan. I know, weird right? Ok, stay with me. Uh, first of all, my favourite Shakespeare film is a Japanese shocker called Throne of Blood uh, which was inspired by that great Scottish play which superstitious actors often fail to name. In the Japanese version we are transported from the usual setting of medieval Scotland to feudal Japan and the result is a visual feast of greed, superstition and bloodthirsty ambition. It is marvellous. Shakespeare is very popular in Japan. Uh, Europeans first made their presence felt in the land of the rising sun when the Portuguese arrived in 1543 bringing the one thing that was needed. Guns. A few other merchants and missionaries dropped by over the years which can't have gone all that well because in the middle of the 17th century the Japanese closed the country to everybody except the Dutch and the Chinese. It was an American naval man, Matthew Perry, not the actor in Friends, this guy was a ship commander in the mid-19th century who persuaded Japan to open up. It was then that Shakespeare made his way across waters as part of European culture. The Japanese love him and even give him a nickname, Sao which my research suggests means either rod or violin neck, a translation which makes clear how far we all are from ever truly comprehending each other. Soon, there were translations of the plays including, forgive my Japanese, Seo Chinsetsi Jiniku Shichiri Saiban which is The Merchant of Venice retitled as A Western Strange Story of the Trial of Pawned Flesh which I think is an improvement. Uh, Julius Caesar was seen as a great play about political corruption while everyone sympathised with Hamlet's philosophical questions. I love that long after he was dead Shakespeare was able to reach out and be reinvented by another culture. I'd never been to Japan although as a child I bought a book about the place. It's called simply Japan. It was published in 1966. I was eight at the time which I think says a lot about what an odd child I was. It's a marvellously patronising book. On the subject of air travel it declares passengers in Tokyo International Airport may board planes going to other countries. As if this is a revolutionary thing no one had expected from the home of the samurai. I had to search to see if there were any mentions of any Japanese women and apart from a few kneeling down to serve tea there isn't. Which is a shame because it misses out the great story of Kamako Kimura. If you haven't heard of her then let me please share with you this fabulous female. She was a stage actress, a dancer, she managed two theatres in the Japanese capital Uh, the connection with Shakespeare is that she played roles in his translated work during her time on stage. Even more intriguing though is that she would go on to edit a feminist magazine before going to America to learn what she needed to do to be a successful suffragist. So much has been written in the West about the battle for the vote by women in Europe, the US and the Antipodes but the shaping of women's rights and women's suffrage movement in Japan is not something you hear about very often. Komoko Kimura was born in Tokyo on July 29, 1887. Her dad seems to have been a clerk for a dealer in firefighting equipment but her mum was involved in the arts. From the age of three she was taught traditional dance and then Japanese kabuki theatre. Uh, My lack of Japanese makes it hard to get the facts but as I understand it she liked to read and was influenced by a lot of Western feminist material. There is a story about her early determination which I hope is true. When she was fourteen a marriage was arranged for her. She was expected to follow tradition and be a good wife. A carriage came to take her to the temple but en route she jumped out and hid. She sold her wedding dress to buy a train ticket and ran away to become a dancer. Is it true? It's a marvellous plot. What we know for sure is that she had an affair with a young doctor and a son was born out of wedlock in 1908. It was a scandal and it became difficult for her to get work. She loved being on stage because she felt it was the only place where women could talk freely. Japanese women were prohibited from attending political meetings and many wanted protection from the oppressive rules of a traditional very patriarchal society. Gradually, feminists began to oppose the idea that only men had civil rights. Komako began to write more and more and in 1912 she and two other women Ishikawa Fumuko and Miyazaki Mitsuko created something called the True New Women's Association. It involved a lecture series and a magazine. In it Komako explained that she wanted to change the law and give men and women equal rights but more than that she wanted education for women so that they one day might make decisions for themselves. It was a radical publication criticizing marriage and the very first Japanese publication to speak openly about the use of birth control. The task that the women set themselves was immense. Government opposition was so extreme that even the use of the word suffrage or suffragist in writing or public speeches could make you liable to arrest. Komako took English lessons and in 1917 she went to America with her husband and nine year old son. She sought inspiration from the American suffrage movement and there are glorious black and white photos of her taking part in the women's suffrage march in New York in 1917 carrying both an American and a Japanese flag whilst wearing a woman's suffrage party banner. She met both Jeanette Rankin, the first female member of Congress and President Woodrow Wilson. It is one of the glories of the internet that I was able to read a marvellous article about her in the Minneapolis Star Tribune from the 26th of May 1918. She was inspired by the freedom American clothing gave to women both in movement and self-expression and she returned to Japan determined to make more change. A couple of months later both her magazine and lectures were banned by the government. In response she took to the stage acting in a play she called Ignorance. She was told to close the theatre but instead she gave away all her performances for free. She was arrested and put on trial but if the government had hoped to keep her quiet then it spectacularly backfired. She acted in her own defence and was so brilliant that the word about the cause of women's rights was spread throughout the country in a way the government had never intended. Kumako and her family moved back to America for a while where she performed not just on Broadway but at Carnegie Hall. It is an astonishing story and ought to be a film. I've left so much out. She was the first telephone operator in Kumamoto on the island Kyushu. There was a period as a student while she was supported by her friend Kimura Bansuku who became wealthy by making soy sauce. She may even have been apprenticed as a geisha for a while but I need to do more research. I do know for sure that in her career she performed in about 500 plays. She named her son Shuji which Komako said meant life and death and that that sums up the story of a human being. In the old newspaper clipping I found she is described as this diminutive lady from the land of cherry blossom. As it happens today should have been the opening day of the Hirosaki Cherry Blossom Festival an annual celebration of the blossoming of the 2600 cherry trees in the grounds of the 17th century Hirosaki Castle. Have a look online if you can. It's breathtaking. I shall go one day and stand beneath a tree and read some Shakespeare for Komako Kimura. I love her honesty and fearlessness even when it cost her. These are, I think, essential qualities. This above all to thine own self be true and it must follow as the night the day. Thou canst not then be false to any man. Take care. Be kind. We will get past this. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance.